Welcome to Nature Centered, a podcast from Wild Birds Unlimited about feeding the birds and enjoying nature right in your own backyard. Here are your hosts, naturalist John Schaust and Brian Cunningham. Hi, everybody. I'm John Schaust. And I am Brian Cunningham. And we made it, Brian. Episode number 50. Oh, my goodness. Who would have thought? So we're going to take a few minutes today. Actually, we're going to take the whole show today and kind of just celebrate our 50th episode and just a little bit about who we are and why we do this and another special thing about where we're at today. Right, Brian? We have a a live audience today. (laughs) It's the birds. (laughs) Yes. But we'll tell you a little bit about that, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For the first time we're ever, we're all in the same place in the same time, and we're outdoors too, so how cool is that? And since we're on location today in John's yard, we're going to do a little critiquing of John's yard and <laughs> feeder placements and feeder options, and see, uh, oh, we'll, look at, we'll look, grade you, right? Look, look at the time. I, I got to go. <laughs> And maybe maybe find out what you can learn from John's backyard setup of decades of experience and expertise. <laughs> Lots to talk about today. Yeah. Lots of gratitude and celebrating 50 episodes. And we're going to have a little fun looking at something we kind of call moon migration. Stick around. The morning dove calling in the background. What's happening in your yard this week, Brian? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what's happening yep, yep. in mine. We're sitting, we're sitting in your backyard watching what's happening in your backyard. My backyard this week has been really fun. I have an American robin that's been there for two weeks. And it's got to be the same bird because I only have this one American robin that sits on my feeders. This bird is protecting the feeders from all the other birds, including woodpeckers. What? Yeah. Even the woodpeckers, it's chasing off my brown creeper off the bark no. butter because it's protecting the bark butter feeder. It's chasing the woodpeckers off the suet feeders. That cute it's chasing, little robin. I know. <laughs> it's chasing the bluebirds off of the bark butter bits and off of the sunflower chips. It, it's just decided the feeders are its own. So wow. That's been that's mind-boggling. Absolutely fascinating to watch and to actually see. Uh, I have bark butter about five feet high on a tree trunk, and this robin is clinging holding onto the side of the wow, bark, the wow. tree trunk on the bark, and eating the bark butter there, too. Wow. So I'm like, you go for it. You have the strangest <laughs> things happen in your yard. You really do. <laughs> it's a family trait, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> well, we're having fun today because we are indeed coming to you live. Well, live on tape, I guess, but live <laughs> in your back, in our backyard, my backyard, and sitting on the deck watching the things go by. Maybe you can hear some of the sounds in the background, but... We've already had our live audience of downy woodpeckers and hairy woodpecker and bluebirds and chickadees and titmice and Carolina wrens. We had a robin. We've had red shoulders, hawks, and, and vultures flying overhead. So what am I forgetting? Oh, my goodness. Uh, you mentioned the brown creeper. Yeah. yeah. Uh, pretty much, I think you hit everybody. There were some robins bouncing around. Red-winged blackbird. And the red-winged blackbirds yeah, yeah, in the background yeah, doing yeah. that concrete. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's, <laughs> this is so cool. But, and again, people, I don't know if you understand, this is our 50th episode, and we've never done it live. We've always been encapsulated in our little quarantine homes <laughs> with Evan, our producer, at one place in his house, and Brian at his house, and, of course, myself at my house. 
This is the first time we've actually been face to face doing this. So. I can't believe the weather actually cooperated. I know, so we can, I know it's a beautiful <laughs> day here. Can't beat it. So very cool. And we just wanted to do it because we wanted to think of something a little outside of the box for our 50th. And yeah. what better than actually be together for the first time That's in 50 right. episodes? <laughs> Who would have thought? So, John, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, the 50th episode. Sorry, you know, when you have a red-shouldered hawk. I know. Flying, flying that, over. This is why we don't do it outside yeah, regularly. Yeah. Distracted oh, cool. by birds. Wow. That's okay. <laughs> you know, I was the, the 50th anniversary scenario is, is gold. I'm sorry I did not get you a gold watch or a golden <laughs> microphone. I am too. But <laughs> golden binoculars. Yeah, there you, know. you go. There you go. Little opera glasses that are made out of gold. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, it works. That works. I think it's okay, Brian. We'll uh, we'll take what we got here in the backyard. That's our gold. It truly is. You our know gold. what? It truly is. And, you know, that's kind of why we do this. And that's, you know, people ask us quite often, "What are you guys hoping to accomplish with this?" And and more importantly. Aren't you kind of amazed <laughs> that you've actually done 50 episodes and people still check it out and and make great little comments and in, in oh, their reviews oh yeah. and and that type of thing and yeah my wife today on the way out she said so this is your 50th episode you have more to say <laughs> wait wait a minute she knows you. <laughs> Exactly. She I'm knows like, you have more. And to that say. was my response. I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> but in many respects, that right there, that response of, yeah, we always have something to say about birds yeah. and nature, yeah. and and that's what drives us. That's that's why we are so excited about this podcast because there's there's always something new. And we've said before, as we sit on your deck watching these birds, and we still get distracted by the birds. Yeah. No. Totally. It's been decades, totally, totally. but how can you ever really get tired? Because the more you learn, the more exciting it is. Well, it's for, like old friends. Yeah, and for me, it's, it is that old adage. The more you learn, the more you realize you don't know. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of humbling. That's very humbling when you come across. You've been doing this, me, in my case, and you. You know, we've been doing this for decades. Right. And, uh, you know, to stumble across <laughs> something that's like, I never knew that. <laughs> you know, it's... It happens all the time, and oh, that's, what's, yeah. that's actually what's fun about it. And I love it when I find something new through just observation or digging into a resource. And there's maybe a resource I've looked at over and over. Yeah. Uh, but then being finally actually seeing a new thing in there or turning opening to a new page, whatever, yeah. and being able to learn something new about nature, that drives me to keep wanting to learn. I uh, absolutely love that. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things, Brian and I have these kind of conversations on our own time. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not when we're doing the podcast, because, again, this is, we love this stuff, and it just brings so much into our world. So, you know, again, to do the podcast and mm -hmm. to be able to share what would normally just be a conversation between Brian and I or a couple other of our colleagues, uh, be able to share that with you. I, gosh, how special is that? All right, Brian, you, you talked about critiquing my backyard and my oh, setup. Yeah. Uh, have a go. Give it your best shot, Let's dude. do this. Give you it know, your best shot. We're checking out your backyard, and you got got everything laid out here, and I've got, uh, I got a water station, and then I have four or five bird feeding stations in separate spots. Uh, so maybe let's, let's talk about some of these here. Yeah, let's go for it. 
you have talked about prior to Wild Birds Unlimited and all these nature centers that you have worked in and or built. Yeah. And so it's it's a real treat to sit in your backyard and be able to, to talk to everyone on the podcast here, all of our listeners about, you know, what's this like? I mean, I look around and it's a bird menagerie. I mean, it's so exciting because, you know, here you've got two hairy woodpeckers that have come in and one's feeding on bark butter right across now. the yard yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, and I love that you have a couple of bark butter locations, one back on a tree, and, and that's one where an episode or two ago you talked about, I learned if I put bark butter in right. the exact same spot over and over, there's the spot. And we have watched brown creepers, bluebirds, chickadees, Carolina wrens, downy, hairy, red belly. I mean, the, the list brown goes on. Creeper, yeah. yeah, right there. Um, and, but yet you also have some bark butter closer to the window up by the house. And it's, it's pretty interesting. I really appreciate having window feeders. And so you do have one window feeder, but you have <laughs> just off of the window, like three feet away, yeah. a bunch of other feeders yeah. uh, that they're not window feeders. Yeah. But how do they do in comparison to having a window feeder to bring birds right up close? being non-window feeders, yeah. how's that compare? It does really well. And the thing I really like about, uh, you know, I've got this, a trellis set up is what I have right in mm -hmm. front of my window. And it has about three or four feeders hanging on it. And what is really neat about it, you know, one of the things we talk about, you know, seven simple actions you can do to save our songbirds and that's window strike issues. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't want windows. And this is, this is right where my desk is. And I look right out a three foot by five foot picture window to these feeders. And obviously a big piece of glass could be a problem, you know, because it would reflect back in the yard and the, and the trees and the birds would potentially not actually see it. Right. So by having that trellis so close by, one, it creates a screen in front of the window and two, any birds using the trellis feeders, they're not going to get up enough speed. Say a hawk comes through and just panics them. They're not going to get enough speed up to hit that window hard enough to hurt themselves. Mm -hmm. So. It's kind of a neat little double duty. I get really great looks at a lot of different birds coming to those different feeders, and I and I, I put different things. I've got I've got a nice seed blend, and I've got some uh, finch blend, and I have a seed cylinder, and as you mentioned, I've got the bark butter. So I do get a nice variety of birds coming to all those things, and uh, and it's a safe way to do it too. Yeah, that's excellent. I like that when we come out a little further into your, into the yard, you have what I would term a suet feeding station. It is. <laughs> Tail prop <laughs> suet feeder, it's a double, so you can put two cakes of suet up in there. Now, yep. do you mix up your suets, or do you, you know, it's funny. same I, flavor? I love our, our uh, different flavors of suet, and I try yeah. different things at different times. Uh, so, you know, when I think we all end up with our favorite type of suets, but yeah, I'll mix them up. I'll, mm -hmm. I'll try one different times of the year, depending on, you know, what I'm trying to attract and that type of thing. But you know, our Naturally Nuts was my, my go-to for a long, long mm -hmm. time. Uh, but now our Super Suet is really my go-to. And so there's probably, you know, again, my foundational suet feeder, if you will. There's always Super Suet in there. And then the other one I'll, I'll rotate around. I Sound very similar to me. Those are my two yeah. top flavors to go to. Mix it up every once in a while. But you also have the suet cylinder, which is great little feeder. And it's not really actually a little feeder. It's a bigger <laughs> feeder. Um, and all the woodpeckers love that. Actually, yeah. my bluebirds love it, too. Yeah. Chickadees are on it. Nuthatches are on it. Uh, it's got various size holes for the birds to feed from. But then you also have another 
nice little feeder in the suet station. You've kind of mixed it up a little. Yeah, so that's, that's you know, I've been very, very lucky to get bluebirds. You know, I, I've lived here almost 30 years now and for probably the first 20, 24, 23, 24 years, I'd never had bluebirds. And slowly but surely, I was able to attract bluebirds and mm -hmm. a lot of it was bark butter bits. You know, our little, uh, uh, bark butter bits that you can put into kind of uh, you know a tray oh, feeder like a or, or a yeah, cup yeah. or whatever it might be, and uh, the bluebirds really love those things. So yeah, you've got um, a couple other stations out here, off on its own as a hopper feeder, and I know that in the past you've talked about how that hopper feeder has been a great foundational feeder yep. for you. That that's the one that you yep. always keep bird food in yep. year round, you know, day in and day out, just yep. to make sure that the birds have. Have some food to always come to. And it's always some type of blend. You know, okay. I, I use one of our blends, whether it's uh, Supreme or Deluxe or whether it's a Nomest. Uh, it's just uh, it's always one of our blends. Very good. Yep. And then we come over, and I'm going to assume that this is uh, <laughs> this station here has a little hummingbird finial on it. Yeah. And so I, I know you've put hummingbird feeders on there in the past. It's yeah. not hummingbird feeder season yeah. here. Yeah. I know, hey, out west, yeah, I mean, definitely everyone should have their hummingbird feeders out because you've got Anna's hummingbirds on nest right now. Some of the other hummingbirds are nesting and um, the activity is, is crazy. I'm jealous. Um, when the hummingbird feeders are up, do you keep other feeders up? No, do you that, switch that, that is, around? That becomes my uh, nectar. That's my uh, hummingbird and oriole. I, I, we get orioles. Uh, last couple three summers mm -hmm. have done pretty well with the Orioles so I will have uh, our nectar feeders for the hummingbirds and then grape jelly and a nectar feeder for the Orioles and some oranges uh, and then that becomes that station. That's excellent. Yeah. I yeah. love that. It's I love fun. when the Orioles are coming in. I know there are some parts of North America where they get Orioles like crazy. You have one other spot <laughs> that I definitely want to highlight and that is you have a bird bath. You've yeah. got a water station yeah. so tell us about that. Well it's kind of funny because you know, I listened to our podcast in the past. You hear me talk a lot about the creeks and the mm -hmm. lake that I live on. Uh, you wouldn't think water would be a big deal. Right. I mean, just sitting here, you yeah. can see the creek down there. But I have just a traditional bird bath. In this case, it's a heated one to get us through the winter. And we're about ready to change that out for our summer one. But uh, it's just amazing. The bluebirds especially. Mm -hmm. Bluebirds love that one. And they'll, you know, instead of flying down to the creek and back, they'll just take advantage of that one, as do most of my other birds at some time or the other and especially you know in the winter time we've had probably three weeks give or take that everything was pretty well frozen up mm -hmm. and so with my <laughs> heated bird bath it provided a, a continuous source of, of water for them to to drink and, and maybe do a little bathing depending on the cold but now in the summer uh, you said you take that heated bird bath out swap it out to another bird bath you, you get that water moving. Yeah, I've got a, right? a little fountain that fits into the, the other bird bath that I put on there. So it circulates the water and makes that splashing sound that really attracts a lot of different birds. And uh, so that's, you know, kind of fun when you get a warbler coming into that because oh, they're being yeah. attracted to the, yep. the splashing water or whatever it might be. So, yeah, it's just you just kind of manage it a little bit to the season and, and uh, what kind of birds you want to attract. I, if I were to change anything in your yard, I would probably move it to my backyard with all these feeders. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> otherwise, well done. I guess we can give you an A for I this I feel one. better. So much better now, Brian. <laughs> I really do. I was worried. <laughs> and, you know, just to give you a heads up, when we get to the 100th episode uh, celebration, we'll do it from your backyard. And that sounds awesome. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, do a little evaluation there when we so, so I've got time to tidy up. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> a couple of years, a couple of years. You know, and we wouldn't be we wouldn't be anywhere at all, to be quite honest. Uh, we've had a kind of a behind the scenes dude the entire time helping us out with this, and we would not be anywhere uh, in this podcast without the skill and the talent of our producer Evan. Yes, and indeed. So uh, Evan's with us today doing his producer thing, and just wanted to make sure we personally say thank you, Evan, because you've done a great job with this and. You keep us honest, and you keep us on track, and you force us to go back and, you know, keep it uh, clean and neat and, you know, everything the way it needs to be. So I think uh, having your level of professionalism has really helped to guide this podcast, and, and hopefully people are enjoying it. Uh, John, I, I love being a part of this, to be honest, and it's been just as fun for me as I assume it has been for our listeners. I've learned so much about habitat, about birds, kind of about just science and the way you guys approach problems, which has been super fun. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm so grateful to be a part of this podcast. And, you know, like you both, we talk about this more off air, but grateful to our listeners. Mm -hmm. These people that show up every single, well, not every single week, I guess every two weeks, but people are listening every single day to this podcast. Just wow. I mean, especially during pandemic, people could be doing anything with yeah. their time. And the fact that people are showing up to learn about birds, to learn about habitat, to learn about the world they live in, to help mm -hmm. improve it, to help be better stewards of it. Just how exciting we have that many people show up to hear you guys talk and, and we love them. So yeah, thanks thanks to all of you guys. Thanks you guys for bringing me on this journey. It, it's been a blast. And folks, when I said Evan keeps us honest, you just heard it. You know, he is our sounding board. He is the person that, you know, is kind of new to this hobby. and and. Kind of very, very new. <laughs> and so, therefore, if he doesn't understand something we're talking about, we can go back and, and do a better explanation. And he keeps us honest in that way. And it's invaluable. It really has been invaluable. And, and that's, you know, lucky again for the listeners that I'm so dumb. Because every, every time one of these concepts comes, I say, you got to explain that to me a lot more simple. So, yeah, yeah. you know, we, we all get to understand this because you guys have a dumb producer asking questions. <laughs> And it's too much fun anyway, you know? <laughs> and it really is. It really is. You know, Evan, I appreciate all your words, uh, especially for our listeners. Um, we really do love our listeners. I, I say pretty much at the end of every podcast, please rate and review us because we really do pay attention to these things. Um, we want to share uh, a couple of reviews that we've had a little more recently because I think it really resonates with us about man this is this is why we do these kinds of things uh, this one is it's titled love this podcast it is from birdie and mama and uh, birdie and mama writes i love this podcast i have listened to every episode multiple times they bring me so much joy i'm one who got into birding as a result of the pandemic and my daughters and i started feeding birds as something to do to fill the lonely days it brought us so much excitement we started off only knowing the common bird names now we know lots of bird names, all about beaks, feet, what they love to eat. And I love that this podcast is family friendly and they can listen to it with me. Thank you all so much. I mean, come on. Yeah. You yeah. have just made <laughs> our day. That, ah, the joy exuding from that, that review and Birding Mama's loving this. Yes, that, John, that's yeah, that no, kind of that's, joy. That's what it's all about. Exactly. Absolutely what it's all about. Yeah, and then you have this one. <laughs> Actually, it starts off really well. It says, I love this podcast. Okay, good start. Yeah, good yeah. start. 
says the moderators are funny. Okay, that's a, that's a good start. Yeah. I like that. And then goes on to say, but sometimes they're a bit corny and over the top with their laughter. Oh, I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> Brian, they're just talking about you. I am sure. <laughs> but goes on to say some wonderful things like great information and informative guests. I have learned so much and recently became, and here's the payoff, mm -hmm. folks, a certified wildlife habitat. Yes. Uh, yes. And through the National Wildlife Federations, thanks to the information from this podcast. That's bingo, oh, man. Bingo. We should have just started with that for this you whole know? thing, and yeah. then just got off yeah. air. So you know, <laughs> I guess maybe we'll continue to be corny. <laughs> <laughs> if people are going to certify their yards, that That's works right. for me. That's right. <laughs> but seriously, folks, we really, truly appreciate you listening and hanging in there with us and putting up with all our corny jokes and over-the-top laughter. Uh, but, you know, we're going to keep trying to make this the best we can and keep coming up with new information and new things for you to try and experience and to look for and, uh, and go from there. Yes, indeed. So, so, so check out and see if we make it to 100, okay? <laughs> Okay, Brian, well, I think it's kind of time we wrap it up, but we did promise we did a little thing mm -hmm. with moon migration. And, you know, I know you and I have both had a lot of fun, and it's one of those things that you get a chance to do this, you need to, you need to take advantage oh, of it. Oh, most definitely. And we are not talking about the moon migrating, <laughs> but we are talking about migration and how the moon can help you just really observe something amazing. So at any point, spring migration of birds or even fall migration of birds. If the moon is out, then grab some binoculars or grab a spotting scope that's going to help you a whole lot more than just trying to look at the moon. And watch the moon through those optics. And during migration time, it's going to blow your mind because at some point you're going to see birds fly past your vision with the moon in the background so you can see them silhouetted. Yeah. Absolutely mind-blowing. <laughs> So if you can find some binoculars somewhere, or even better yet, a spotting scope, and watch that moon during a migration time, yeah, absolutely gonna blow your mind with that moon migration kind of opportunity. Yeah, this is one of those things you need to share with people because if you ever get a chance to do this, it is. It's just, you, it doesn't sound like it'd be that cool. <laughs> right, okay, so like, you got okay. birds flying around to the moon. What are you doing? I'm looking but, at the moon. When you actually can kind of actually even try to identify the birds that are flying, mm -hmm. that's the type of silhouette that you get and you can actually see. Yeah. So what we're saying is don't do this alone because if you actually get to see it happen, you're going to be so excited and you'll have no one to share it with. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, what do you think? I think have we, we celebrated enough? I think we have celebrated <laughs> enough. Yeah, your, your golden binoculars are in the mail. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um. <laughs> Be sure to join us. We're going to move on to episode 51 and plan to tell you a little bit about making that transition in your habitat from winter to summer and how you really can make a difference. So until that time, Brian and I, as always, we're going to let nature be our guide. Please take care and be safe. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of Nature Centered. To subscribe to this podcast, for show notes, or to connect with the Wild Birds Unlimited store nearest you, visit wbu.com slash podcast. Until we meet again, take some time to relax, enjoy the birds, get out in your backyard, and stay nature-centered. <laughs>